0: Hey, y'all, welcome back to the God Center Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. You're listening to episode 181, where I'm welcoming Shelly Miller to the show. She's the creator of Sabbath Society, and our goal today is to change what you think about when you hear the word Sabbath.
1: You know, when God created a day of rest when He was creating the world, it was the first time He called something holy. And I And I think often when we have time off, we don't really think about time off to rest as being holy. But I also think we also get that word holy wrong. Holy really just means this. It means set apart. And so what I've discovered is that Sabbath is time set apart that looks different than any other time in our week. And so instead of it being another hoop to jump through or bunch of rules to follow or break. I'm approaching Sabbath with a mindset that I'm creating time to focus on my relationship with Jesus in a way that is different than a quiet time or going to church on Sunday. It's time set apart that becomes holy and sacred because we're intentional about it.
0: Being a part of the church and faith community, there's a lot of words we throw around and phrases, and they often can carry a lot of baggage or feelings and experiences that differ. I think Sunday school is one of those phrases. Sabbath is definitely one of them. I bring it up and friends cringe and say, oh, that's something I know I should do, but I don't know how. I don't know how to make time to Sabbath. Does it mean I don't do anything all day? That's impossible. I'm a young mom or I'm working outside the home or I'm in ministry. How am I supposed to keep the Sabbath holy? Well, Shelly's going to help us dispel a lot of myths and help us be free to truly enjoy the thing that God's given us, to remember we're practicing, um, we're remembering for the purpose of our, for our good and not to earn God's favor I love how she phrases it to be not a question of how, but a question of who that Jesus came to give us life abundantly and to focus on that relationship, keeping our eyes fixed on him. But before we get to that conversation with Shelly, a couple announcements, including let's talk about the God-Centered Mom live event. Okay. Y'all have only known about this for about a week and I've already sold over half of the tickets. So if you're thinking about coming, if you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area or nearby and you want to come, don't miss out. Tickets are selling. And I I tell you that just because I really want you to be able to come if you were thinking and hoping to come. What is the live event? Well, it's here in Dallas at my church on November 3rd. It's a Friday from 7 to 9.30 p.m. And I haven't told you this yet, but... My friend Kat Lee is going to be joining us. The show would not exist without Kat. So she is my good, good friend. She is a mentor and she has discipled me. And so I want to share her with you If you're interested in coming, go to godcentermomcom backslash live. Get your tickets there. We're going to have yummy desserts, giveaways. There's swag. I'm going to have a mentor at each table so y'all can get some wisdom and perspective to help you on this journey of motherhood so you leave encouraged and filled up. That's the goal. I want to celebrate four years of the podcast, but I want you to leave encouraged. So go to godcentermomcom backslash live to get your tickets. I get to meet you. Another thing I don't want you to miss out on. I, honestly, because I think I got an email this week of someone saying, I have a friend and she's having some issues with her son and she needs help in disciplining him. What's a good resource? And I automatically I thought, the discipline that connects course. That would be where I'd point anyone who's struggling in their discipline or in parenting. It's a course, an online course, put on by Jim and Lynn Jackson of connectedfamilies.org. And you work out it on your own timetable. There's videos you have access to forever once you buy the access. Uh, And then from now and through the middle of December, you have a moderator there. So you can ask questions as you work through the course. It's six sessions with different videos for each session. And it's it's a really great framework that's biblically based, but also super practical. They will give examples about uh, like your, Child is playing video games and they don't want to get off. How do you respond? Situations with homework, situations with lying, real life things that we experience. They're going to give you the words, the phrases, the ways to train up your children and still stay connected to their hearts to give them the messages. You are safe. You are loved. You are capable in God's workmanship and you're responsible. If you want to check that out, go to GodCenteredMom.com backslash DTC for discipline that connects Do that before October 31st. If you do sign up, make sure you let me know and I'll add you to our private Facebook group for anyone who's doing a Connected Families online course. It's a way to keep each other accountable since you've invested and you want to learn uh, just like anything. It's always learned best in the context of community. Shelly talks about that in regards to her Sabbath society and learning the discipline of Sabbath. So let's talk about that. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Shelly, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. I am so happy to be here with you. Uh, Shelly and I met in person. I don't always get to meet guests in person at an event a couple weeks ago, and I've had on my topics list for the podcast for a long time talk about sabbath particularly for moms with young kids and then you show up with (laughs) this amazing (laughs) message and mission and your sabbath society and i thought oh there it is all right thank you god for making Uh, that easy so uh just take a second and introduce the gal listening to you and your family a little bit that would be awesome
1: yeah, sure. I would be happy to. I, and I loved meeting you at that event in Dallas, by the way. It was such a fun evening. Um, well, I am a mom of two kids that are 18 and 21. And I've been telling everybody, not that it really makes that much of a difference, but my kids both became legal on the at the same uh, time, same year, even though they're 18 and 21, because we live in the UK with my mm. son. And my daughter is back in the U.S. in North Carolina. In the UK, so, 18 um, is legal. It, yes, it is. We live, we moved to the to London two and a half years ago. And it was really a Macedonian call that took us there. My husband and I have had uh, swollen hearts for the British people for, gosh, um, well, we've been married for 27 years, but it, so at least that long. And um God made a way for us two and a half years ago to be able to go and work. He's an Anglican priest and helped a church, St. Barnabas Kensington, go through an interim process of finding a new vicar. We're still there, worshiping there, serving there. He's there part-time, but he was really brought to the UK to develop church planting for the Church of England. So he's leading church planning effort throughout the UK and um, wears a lot of hats doing that. They had to prove that he was the only person in the EU to do that job. So we feel very fortunate to be there. And I'm a writer and a speaker. And so I can kind of do that wherever I am. And I just happen to be living in a beautiful part of London that's very inspiring and love to share pictures on my Instagram feed. So fun. So That's a little about me. Yeah.
0: So fun. I have um, two nieces, a nephew, sister-in-law, brother, and brother-in-law that all live over there. So I'm. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I love. But you don't have a British accent. So.
1: No, I know. It's so disappointing, isn't it? I <laughs> when I get <laughs> when I get up and and talk, I people say, I always say, OK, are you disappointed that I don't have a British accent? Because Just pretend. It, we, I mean, don't we love it as Americans? We love that beautiful use of language yeah my yeah, niece I my always. niece would say aunt Heather could I have a
0: banana and I was like yes uh, or some chocolate I was like I'll give you pounds of chocolate just keep, just keep saying it I know it's great Adorable. it's adorable so all right you're coming on here we're going to talk about sabbath tell us how did you get interested in the concept of sabbath where did how did your journey interact
1: with this Yeah, well, it wasn't something I expected, uh, to be quite honest. Well, I always tell people I got into Sabbath because I was tired, but not in the way you might think. I was tired of being lonely. Mm. We lived in a beautiful coastal community called Polly's Island, in between Myrtle Beach and Charleston, South Carolina. We were raising our kids there, and they were flourishing, making friends, doing well academically. And we were living in a beautiful community, seeing a lot of fruit, actually, in our our parenting and our work. And um, no one would have known that I was just walking around with this deep ache of loneliness. Um, And I kind of felt guilty about feeling that way in such a beautiful place. But It was really during that time of feeling alone in a community that I began to find Sabbath. It was sort of an answer, an unexpected answer, to uh, pleading prayers on a random prayer walk one evening at dusk right after the Christmas season. So that sort of began my journey into really discovering what Sabbath is, what it means, and and how I really didn't know what Sabbath was, I, I realized, until I began sort of this pilgrimage.
0: And that's what I am so excited to help help the gal listening kind of reshape what she may think Sabbath is or whatever preconceived notions come up when she hears the word or sees the word. And I know for some, it brings a lot of heartache because of the legalism attached to it. For others, it's shame and guilt because they think, well, I should be doing that. I know it's important. It's one of the Ten Commandments, but I don't even know what it looks like in 2017. So how would you define Sabbath for you or what you've done? I'm confident you've done research (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to look up <laughs> what others have said, but how would you define it?
1: Well, I would really distill it Sabbath down to this um it comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat meaning to cease or to stop, but it also means to celebrate mm-hmm. and um you know when God created a day of rest when he was creating the world, it was the first time he called something holy and I And I think often when we have time off, we don't really think about time off to rest as being holy. But I also think we also get that word holy wrong. Holy really just means this. It means set apart. And so what I've discovered is that Sabbath is time set apart that looks different than any other time in our week. And so instead of it being another hoop to jump through or a bunch of rules to follow or break, I'm approaching Sabbath with a mindset that I'm creating time to focus on my relationship with Jesus in a way that is different than a quiet time or going to church on Sunday. It's time set apart that becomes holy and sacred because we're intentional about it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense, hopefully. Yeah, that word, holy, set apart,
0: different from the rest of the week. And I love how you said it's to cease, but also to celebrate. All those things. I know the first time I ever heard of Sabbath. I know growing up, it was Sunday after church. The afternoon, dad took a nap. We were supposed to play in our rooms. Everything kind of settled down. That was like the, (laughs) the 1980s version of Sabbath. Sure. And then my husband's, Cousin is a pastor, and he kind of opened my eyes to the Jewish way that it was Friday at dusk to Saturday dusk, and it was meant to cease and to stop and to do something different and set apart. I'd never heard that before. Maybe uh, the person listening hasn't ever heard that before either. And then we get in this confusion: is it twenty-four hours? Is it a full day? What is? What are the rules around it? How are we? Do we need to keep it as believers now, since it was part of the old, you know, law? Anyway. What what have you worked through and wrestled with that on how how we keep it then? How do we cease and celebrate and set it apart?
1: Yeah, well, I think that's, you know, the question, I get that question often, like, how do you Sabbath? What is right and what is wrong? And I usually, I think of, there's a verse that says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm -hmm. So I ask people, what is easy and light for you? What mm-hmm. because guess what? What is easy and light for you, Heather, might be hard and heavy for me. So, That's really good. Um, yeah, yeah. So not all of us rest the same way. Some of us enjoy rest and we get restored and refueled and refilled by being with other people, by playing, by you know having a picnic with a group of people or going to a park and throwing a frisbee. Or taking a big, long run somewhere or paddle boarding, you know, down a quiet body of water. But then for other people, that is depleting, you know, to be around people or even exercise sounds more like work to some. And so we have to discover, I think, you know, in the same way that God created us so uniquely, you know, the way you dress, or the way I dress is completely different. Our houses probably have a certain style an attitude and mood to them. That's going to be unique to who we are. And the way we rest is also unique to who we are. And so, you know, often we try to rest how the other people in our house rest, and it doesn't provide that real sense of restoration for us. It just becomes sort of another tick on a box. It becomes more depleting than restorative. And so I think it's really important. I think um, most of all, God wants us to rest in the unique way he created us. But most of all, he just wants our attention. He wants sort of that eye contact with us that says, I want to be with you. I want to know what you have to say about my life today. Let's sort of spend this time together and see where it goes.
0: So good. And for some, just like you're saying, easy and light is not Sunday or Saturday. For those in the ministry, right. For those that are involved in a church or maybe even have a job that's like a Friday to a Tuesday, the weekend isn't have doesn't have the same value that for other people it does. So I think there's right. a lot of flexibility and freedom in the way you describe that. What is easy and light for you? Yeah. And for the young mom, let's talk through that a little bit. Because <laughs> we <I> got a <laughs> yeah. lot of questions. And you know, as moms, the amount, especially in the little years. The amount of time we're not needed is so little. <laughs> like yeah, even in the middle of the night, is. we often get the the needs are coming at us. So what ideas or have you worked through to help that young mom who's who's wanting Sabbath and wanting rest, but struggling to figure out when and how?
1: Yeah, well, I want to start off with saying that it hasn't been. It's been a while since I've been in the years. You know, when it you're full on, twenty four seven. There's always needs. Yeah. There's always interruptions. to good plans and good intentions, but it is possible. It is possible to Sabbath in those early years of raising children, and I can tell you it's possible because I have a lot of women in the Sabbath Society that are doing it. They are all. You know, it's that all-encompassing season of the toddler years and trying to rest as a family. And what I would say is it takes real intention, um, intentionality, and knowing that the interruptions are going to come. But to sit down as a family and, and decide what is it, again, going back to what, you know, how do you rest? What's going to make you feel rested? And then coming up with a plan as a family about what that would look like. So for some, it looks like this. Like I have a friend, Carrie Bailey, who takes it. She has a little Coca-Cola crate that she has filled with paper goods. And she brings that out when her 24 hours starts and that crate comes out on the kitchen counter. That's a signal to her kids that time is going to be different. And she said mm-hmm. now they get really excited about that time because it means that she's going to be present with her kids in a completely different way than, you know, during the week and shuffling to and from um, activities. She's a real crafter. She enjoys um, creative endeavors. And so a lot of times they'll they'll all do sort of creative things together. That That's going to look different, obviously, every week, depending on what's going on. But that's just sort of one example. I also have a friend who's a homeschooler. So her kids are always underfoot. They're always in the house. Yes. But she's sort of here. Yes. Yeah. 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 So she <laughs> um, sort of created this beautiful rhythm of her kids having room time. So they each have time in their rooms. That's just quiet to read or, you know, do whatever it is that they want to do. But it's alone time just for them to sort of rest and regroup and pause from the day. And she has told me that, um, you know, she started that early on. And as her kids have grown up, it's been an, a natural rhythm in their life. And so when they hit Sabbath, it's just an extension of that, of what they've already been practicing. So she said it becomes a much easier sort of realistic probability, you know, that rest is actually going to happen for her because their kids are already attuned to pausing like that. And then, yeah, I have friends that enjoy doing Sabbath for their kids has become this marker for fun adventures outdoors. And because as a family, they love doing that. So they go into nature, they go into the woods and explore and just sort of, pushback, all the DIY projects, you know, the inbox, the the house being perfect, and they just do something together that feels restful and restorative. And so and sometimes that means like dad goes with the kids for a couple of hours while mom has time in the hammock. But mainly, it's like when you have that time, and, and just even once a week, for instance, when the kids are, are napping, a lot of times Or taking a rest is the time when we're like, we're not resting, are we? We're ticking the boxes. Like, how much can I get done? (laughs) How how productive can I be be in this hour and a half? Yeah, Yes. yes. Yes, and you're prioritizing like and trying to get as much checked off as possible. But what if once a week you were able to just let go of that being productive to producing some real intimate time with the Lord? And that was just your time to be with the Lord in a way that restores you. So sometimes it looks like, you know, while the kids are at the lunch table or in the morning, you know, when they're when they're eating breakfast, that you're just kind of there, but actually staring out the window and just thinking for a little while, you know, just being settled mm-hmm. with your thoughts and focusing and asking the Lord, what do you have for me today? It's sort of that. It can be for some people, they start small, five or 10 minutes. That's protected sacred time, almost like written. Some people just put it right on that Google calendar and they know, okay, this is my time to just cease, to stop and to just sort of pause and allow things to settle in your mind, in your heart and invite God into your day in that way. So So what I'm picking
0: up on is...
1: It's not necessarily
0: one specific day of the week. It's not necessarily only a day. It's not necessarily the whole day. There's no like length of time. You're not putting boundaries on any of this. Is what I'm exactly picking up on. That the main goal is at what point in a given week or in a given day have you stopped and separated time from your from your um what it you're not a you're not a human doing you're a human being to just be and yes. not yes striving to do so setting that that time apart for your best functioning and it's not necessarily time set aside reading your bible praying it could be contemplative just sitting and looking I wonder like you said it could be doing an activity but it's set apart in that you are saying God, I'm inviting you into this, whatever it is. Is that all? Yes, exactly. About, right? yes. <laughs> okay.
1: yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, you know, a lot of people, I wrote a book called rhythms of rest and a lot of people ask me, what is the deal with rhythms? Like, you know, does it make sense? And this That's is the, the way, way I explain it. A rhythm is different than a routine. So a routine is something that is concrete and inflexible and has right or wrong outcomes. So when we think about routines, we think about, you know, showering, we shower at a certain time of the day, we brush our teeth certain times of the day, we take our trash out on certain days of the week. And we might even have routines of taking medicine at certain times of the day, any misstep in any of those routines, and you're going to have a consequence, right? So you you don't shower, you don't smell great, you know, you don't brush your teeth, nobody wants to (laughs) talk to you. But rhythms adapt, and um, allow us to sort of shift and change as life is continuing to shift and change. So what I would say is rhythms are intentional. You know, they happen, but they also adapt as life changes around us. So if we have a rhythm, let's say, of every Thursday from noon to three, we're going to just block out that time on our calendar to just rest and do something restful and restored, something easy and light that makes you feel rested. That becomes a rhythm. But you know what, if that is interrupted and all of a sudden you've got something that's you know really important that you need to do that day, then you look at your your week and think where can I find that three hours on a different day so it allows mm-hmm. you to shift but the, the the main thing is that we're looking at sabbath as the goal it's the focal mm-hmm. point we're we're working all, all of our days towards being with god in a really intimate way that's different than any way that we are with him during the week and so that is like It's I think about that in terms of like when we're with somebody we love, like if I'm going on a date with my husband or I'm planning a vacation to get away with him, it's like you're thinking ahead. You're like, really, you're planning in your mind what that's going to look like. You're anticipating that special time to just be present with each other. Well, it's sort of the same thing when we're thinking about Sabbath. And for me, and I think for a lot of people in the Sabbath society, what happens is, Sound starts out as feeling like a sacrifice or some surrender, and it actually turns into the greatest gift you cannot wait to open every week. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it sounds dreamy right now. I'm just in this, (laughs) I'm in a season where I have, I feel it. This happened last year in October, but where it just feels really full. That's what yeah. I described last October, and then my parents showed up, and it got even fuller. And I was like, "How could it get fuller?" But then it forced me to let go of things and kind of uh, chuck some stuff out the window. And actually, Carrie Bailey that you mentioned she was my life coach for a little bit. Oh, that's in that awesome. season. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Shout out to Carrie. But I think uh, I, I'm I'm in need of a refresh again. I'm in need yeah. of a new rhythm setting time because what's happened logistically is my week is all about the kids and schedules and getting here to there and doing some work for the podcast. And then my weekends are catching up stuff for the home. So getting yeah. you know groceries yeah. and cleaning and there has been no real rest.
1: You know, in the Sabbath Society, I think we would all agree, agree that preparation is everything. And so we Mm. don't just arrive at the time and and it's magically all going to everything's just going to go away because we're usually most restless in our minds. We have a hard time shutting Mm. the mind off and what needs to be done and what we're getting behind in. But if every day we're thinking in terms of what can I do today that will that one small or two or three small things that we can do today that will allow a greater probability of arriving on a, the time to rest and it being successful. So every day I'm looking at my my life and my agenda and thinking about what can I do today so that when I actually arrive on Sabbath, I'm not having to eke into that time. So it's just simple things like planning meals ahead, you know, making sure you have what you need in your cupboard or your... Um, your refrigerator so you're not running out for an ingredient at the last minute. Doing crockpot meals are things that um, provide leftovers is huge for us. So when I Sabbath, I almost always make either a big meal or crockpot meal that everybody knows I don't cook on Sabbath. We heat up leftovers and a lot of times we use paper plates or I just leave all the dishes in the sink until I'm, you know, until we're finished with our time to rest. And, you know, used to be initially when I started um, practicing Sabbath, leaving things undone was a real was really bothersome for me. I had a hard time resting when I knew all that stuff was needing my attention. But I can say Mm. that over time and with practice, it becomes less and less that way. Now I can walk by a mess and not even worry about it. It doesn't it's not even a second thought on Sabbath because the time is so needed and important and it does so much good work within me it often informs uh, the days ahead so a lot of times my writing my work even conversations that I have flow from that time that I had to rest in the Lord.
0: I think it's really when you think about going on a trip so I'm about to leave town and all the things I'm prepping ahead of time you're exactly right Knowing that I'm going to be gone and I cannot do the things because yes. I physically will not yes. be here. Yeah. I make time on these other days to get them done. Or you always hear, if I could be as productive as I am right before a vacation, if I could be that productive all the time, you know, you you tend to amp up your work before a break knowing yes you're going to get done what you can and then you come back from the break like you said and you're so rested and your mind is able then to perform better because of that break i, I think everything you said is great right it's for yeah, us yeah Again, no, it's always
1: for us it's not <laughs> it is it is for us i often think about that you know as sabbath is god's gift to us, And, you know, it starts the commandment starts out with the word. Remember, remember mm. the Sabbath mm. to keep the day holy. And I think it's because he knows how distracted we're going to be. You mm. know, it's not like we enter 2017 and we're looking at that command, that one commandment. We look at that and go, yeah, I don't think God knew how busy we were going to be. Mm. And I, I think, no, it's because he created the Sabbath because he knows how easy it is for us to forget. To forget about, you know, why we even have work in the first place, why we woke up and were able to breathe and walk to the kitchen, you know, and turn on the kettle, why everything we have in our homes is because of His kindness and His generosity and His faithfulness to us. So it's so some, there's something so beautiful and lovely by uh, in taking our hands off of creating. To step back and remember why we're even working in the first place,
0: mm, really good. And and like you've already mentioned, but we'll just emphasize it, it's not a getting away from all your people unless that is truly like you're an introvert and that's light and easy to have some alone time. But like you said, if you're an extrovert, it might be mean a celebration or being with the people that you haven't yeah. gotten to see. so I love I love the freedom in that. I love the freedom in that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, when we think about, I mean, just I was even thinking about you with your kids at home and that season of life when things are really full and busy, the way some some of the ways that you could celebrate and make time different are right there at your fingertips. Like you could, you could light special candles at, you know, at dinner or whenever you mark sort of Sabbath for your family, we can use cloth napkins instead of paper we can use we can get the good china out that we only save for holidays and you know what there's something in a child that goes wow what's Mm. this for like what are we doing are we having people over and Mm. if you say no you know we're we're just going to celebrate rest and there is something really beautiful that begins to be sort of a family rhythm and then kids grow up with sort of that marker of sabbath being celebratory not a dull day where you can't have fun or do anything you love. It's actually a time to just celebrate God's faithfulness and goodness to our family. So what about if you are sold? You're like,
0: yes, this is it. We're doing this. We're resting. We're setting apart. And your spouse is not convinced or they are one of those that grew up in the home where it was, an awful thing like they had the legalism and the not fun associated with Sabbath and they are putting their heels in there's no way we're introducing that in our home what advice would you give her in trying to implement yeah Sabbath
1: yeah and I get that question a lot we I wrote about I write about other people's stories and rhythms of rest and one of the stories that comes to mind with that question is I have a gal who has I think it's Four adult children, and she and her husband were in school and working full time, and um, the kids began to resent Sabbath mm. because it felt like something she was inflicting upon them instead of something she was an atmosphere she was you know trying to create um, or rhythm she was trying to create in their family, and so they had a family meeting, and they all just went around and talked about what makes them feel rested, you know how they enjoy resting and she said that was really pivotal for them because they all realized that they rested different so how she was resting um, and what and the atmosphere she was trying to create wasn't restful for her kids Mm -hmm. and so they began to just rest in the way they gave each other the freedom and the space and the respect to rest in the way that god created each of them to rest uniquely so um i think it is. It's definitely hard sometimes to makes it a little more difficult to rest when you're uh, the people that are significant in your life don't value it the same way. But I think that a loving thing to do in, in those scenarios is just to engage the conversation and let people know that it's a priority to you and come to some sort of agreement or um surrender, sacrifice, and yeah, in the way that each of you rest. So I think it's just having the conversation about it is the first place to start. And then adapting to respect each other's boundaries would be the next place.
0: What I love about how you've framed this up is I have a feeling for myself and for maybe someone listening, we've just rejected the whole idea It's kind of like if I can't do it all the way like I think it's supposed to be, I'm just not going to do it. And what you've done is you've opened it up to this is why it's great. The why behind it, this is why it's a gift and it resets your day, your life. (laughs) The why is (laughs) compelling. So start the conversation. Think through what's light and easy for everyone in your family. And then make a plan and start small. And that is very appealing to me. That's very, the, the entry point, There's the barrier to entry is, is lowered when it's presented that way. Not a, you have to do yeah. it this way. It has to be on this day. It has to be 24 hours. It means you don't do any work of anything. You have to just sit on a couch or whatever it is. Um, you've, you've opened it up so that we can at least start. And just like anything, when I started with Hello Mornings, a friend of mine, Kat Lee, started Hello Mornings, waking up before my kids to get that little bit of time in the morning with God. I started with five minutes, five minutes earlier I woke up. Yeah. yeah, But it's not, I mean, when we start with these little chunks and we open that up and we see how good it is for us and how much we love it, we then choose it again and we choose to make it longer and different and more set apart. But to just get started Oh, you just freed us up so much, Shelly.
1: So oh, thank good. You. I thank think, you so you know, like, much. Oh, I'm so glad that you feel that way and um, that you're seeing it framed that way, because that's my heart. And I think, you know, like a lot of things in life, we make Sabbath about how and Sabbath is about who. Jesus is Sabbath. Mm. And so if we look at it in that way, you know, it's God doesn't care as much about how we Sabbath, what day we Sabbath how long we Sabbath, what we do on Sabbath. He just wants to be with us. He just wants to have Mm -hmm. relationship with us. He just wants our affection and our attention, and he's just waiting for it. So if we look Mm -hmm. at Sabbath as, and remember that Jesus is Sabbath, it's not so much about how. If we make it about how, we're going to feel like a failure. If we make it about who, it becomes this great freedom and this wonderful gift that we can't wait to, open. Ugh, So good. And you keep mentioning Sabbath
0: society. Tell everyone what that is, what what that is that you're talking about.
1: Well, the Sabbath society started on that same random prayer walk when I felt like God gave me the answer to loneliness as Sabbath. And I felt like um, I thought, well, you know, if I explore Sabbath, wouldn't it be fun? Like any discipline is more fun when we do it in the throes of community, right? So diet, exercise, spiritual disciplines, we just tend to be more intentional and experience a greater depth of involvement and success in it when we do it with other people. And so I invited my blog following to join me and created the Sabbath Society. And so the Sabbath Society is now um, a group of thousands of people around the world who want to make rest realistic, not just something you do. To fill in you know the cracks of your busyness. And it's a weekly email that I send out at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every Friday morning and it's really a personal letter to you just sharing my Sabbath journey, where I failed, where I have found deep fulfillment and meaning and purpose. And then along with that, once a month, I share what other Sabbath society peeps are saying about how their lives are being transformed by Sabbath as well. And there's some resources that I link to what other people around the web are saying about Sabbath, as well as some of my favorite books um, on the subject of Sabbath as well. And so really, it's just a personal email for me every week to help people persevere in finding rest. Um, I just find like no matter how well you do something, especially when it's new, we always need that reinforcement. We need to know that we're not in it alone. It's, you know, we're not isolated, but we're connected to the greater communion of saints who are wanting to make uh, rest a priority in life. So hopefully people will find great encouragement um, in joining the Sabbath Society.
0: So cool. Such a good resource to keep this going. If if someone is motivated and wanting uh, help and community to Meet that goal and, you know, make it a reality. Yeah. We haven't even touched on technology. I'm confident you talk through that in your weekly emails. Just yes, I know for yes, me we, part of Sabbath is to get off social media for at least a chunk of my week so that I'm yes. not concerned more with other people's lives than my own.
1: Yes. It's it's a challenge for all of us, isn't it? I mean it it mm-hmm. can really it can definitely take up mental space and also rob us of presence with people as well. But again, anytime we make something legalistic, like, you know, just a single, right. you're not supposed to be on social media. Rebellion is right there behind it. So my goal is, yeah, to just, I had a challenge one, uh, one weekend and asked people to join me because I myself needed help putting down, you know, turning off the phone and leaving it on the bedside table for 24 hours. And um, I knew if I had other people joining me, I would keep myself accountable. And it was, and I, I did, it was a great rhythm to start again. So um, yeah, so there's no do's or don'ts. It's sort of what is right and for you and how is God with you in it? We're all made so differently. So good.
0: Well, thank you for coming on here. Where can people find you online if they want to keep up with what you're doing and, all that you're writing yes
1: Thank you it's uh, Shelley Miller writer at on um, Instagram and also on online uh, you can find my website at shellymillerwriter.com and then on Twitter and um, oh, it's also on Facebook, Shelly Miller Writer. And on Twitter, I think it's Shelly Miller W-R. <laughs> I couldn't, it was just too long to get the whole writer out. <laughs> yes.
0: yes, yes. And I'll put all those links in the show notes if y'all are looking for them and you're somewhere where you can't write this stuff down. But thank you, Shelley, for your time. I am so, so grateful for what you're doing and how you've just freed us up, freed us up. Thank you. With Thanks for having me. So good, right? Uh, Before this information goes in one ear and out the other and doesn't get sticky to your life, I want to talk about a couple things. One, I love how this episode came on the heels of our anxiety episode. For me, my anxiety goes up the less I am intentional to stop and rest. And I'm definitely in a season where I'm not stopping and resting and feeling the effects. It, It makes me just in this frenzied state. I don't have a peace in my soul. And I was listening. We just drove from Georgia yesterday, all day. And uh, on the drive, I listened to several different podcasts. And a couple different ones mentioned the importance of being still and of stopping. And one was Emily P. Freeman's new podcast, The Next Right Thing. I think it was episode... One or two. It's called soul minimalism. And she talks through, you know, basically what we do in our homes with stuff continually coming in, but not having a lot of times where we're getting rid of things. That's also true in our souls that we continue to take things in, uh, whether it's the news or information or hard parts of our story in different seasons. And we're not having a lot of outlets. And I, I loved, I loved that analogy, and it really challenged me that this Sabbath discipline could be part of that. Emily actually went on the same trip, different time of year, that I went on with Israel Collective. And for me, being in Israel and seeing the Jewish people celebrate Sabbath, and like I just said, celebrate Sabbath. It wasn't this dutiful thing that they hated doing. It was a joyful, celebratory life-giving experience, a meal with the community, um, a setting aside distractions, focused in on family. And, oh, uh, so beautiful. So beautiful. One of my most favorite memories of being in Israel was that Shabbat dinner. It just reminded me. Uh, I had wanted to put that into my life after being in Israel and just the American culture and all my commitments took over. So how do we do this? We said it's not about how it's about who, but I think, uh, in wanting to spend time with Jesus, we need to ask ourselves some questions. We need to start the conversation. So a couple of things to ask yourselves that Shelly brought up in this episode that maybe now you can hear me ask them and pause and maybe come back and write down some notes. But here's, here are the questions I was thinking. One, what is easy and light for you? She talked about how God uniquely created each of us distinctly with different ways that we all rest and find rest. And so what is that for you? What is most restful and easy for you? You Just disregard uh, your schedule. Just think about what that is. And then I want you to think about, is there um, a place in your week that you could put that in first? Five minutes, ten minutes, thirty minutes, an hour, maybe it is a whole day. What could you do to put that in first? What's it gonna take planning wise to make that time intentional? Start small. Start small. Start a conversation with your spouse, your family. It's a great dinner time conversation to ask each of your kids if they're old enough, what is restful for them? You know, for littler kids, it might be coloring, and maybe you have you know, 10-minute coloring time if you have girls for boys. I uh, I know some of my sons, it's running around. So what is restful? Others, it's building Legos. I've shared this on other podcasts. I've had my friend Chris Habashi on the show, and this is when she shared it if you want to go hear her episode, but it always stuck with me. She uh, was a homeschool mom, and so her Sabbath, whether she called it that or not, but it totally was, was Friday night. When her husband came home, uh, she would have food, dinner already ready, whether it's pizza or whatever. For when him, he walks in the door, she would walk out. Her husband and kids would watch a movie and she would go wherever. A Madeline, someplace where she could just sit and stare at a water glass if she needed to. Maybe bring her calendar, bring her Bible, whatever it was to kind of be looking forward to that time where it would be set apart, different from the rest and be a filling up spot for her. That's just one idea. If you're on the lookout for what would this look like for me? How could you fit in some time of rest and make it intentional and set apart different from any other time of your week? All right. Those are my questions. I am thankful for y'all. We know that for any of us to be whole and healed, it takes us getting to a point a breaking point in recognizing I am not Okay, I was reading in Luke in one of the Gospels this week and thinking about the different times Jesus healed. And often the person who received the healing was a person who cried out to Jesus, whatever name, uh, son of David, Lord, and then said, have mercy on me, have mercy on us. They recognized they couldn't do it themselves. They got to the end of themselves, And I think that's what Sabbath does. It says, you know what? I can't do this. Have mercy on me. And every time Jesus met with them and he said, not, I'm amazing. And, uh, you know, threw it in their face. Yeah, of course you can't do it on your own. Instead, he said, your faith has made you well. And so often the reason we don't Sabbath is we don't believe that we're going to be okay unless we keep working and striving and doing and making things happen. To stop, to cease, to believe that life's going to be okay if we take a few minutes, an hour, a day, To stop and pull away from the things that we're told by our culture, that we're told by our peers, that we're told when we look on social media, that we have to do until we stop and say, you know what, God, I believe that you're going to take care of me, even if I stop for a minute and, and pull away from what I think I should be doing. So, Jesus, have mercy on us. We have been striving and working and doing on our own for long enough And oh, may our faith make us well. Have a great week, y'all. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know